Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez and I welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Tonight we have a guest that I'm just like so curious to start asking questions. Their name is Sarah Beck. Uh, she is an intuitive witch, a tarot enthusiast, a mom living with a chronic illness. As a form, as a former English teacher, she's passionate about using storytelling and art to undermine oppressive systems. When she is in writing witchy children's books, you can find her painting or striking up conversations with the trees in her backyard. As a lifelong learner, she loves taking classes of all kinds from poet pottery to Jewish folk magic to historical weapons. Sarah's debut picture book, The Tarot Deck Mass, An Introduction to the Major Arcana, is a divinatory primer for children four and up. The Tarot Deck Mass uses um, easy to remember poetry paired with a strong, strong affirmations to guide readers through the fool's journey, car by car acting as a gentle intro for kids and a helpful reminder for parents. This book creates an opportunity for witches to include the little ones in their tarot practice. And of course, being tarot, I had to invite her. So welcome, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm excited to uh, to chat with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I have to put out the disclaimer first. I'm allergic to children, right? I'm not safe uh, to 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 be around kids because I have a very foul mouth and they scare the heck out of me. But um, I'm getting over my fear of children <laughs> and uh, slowly but surely. And of course, I am also a professional tarot reader. And when I saw your book, I just fall in love with it. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful tool. But we're going to go into the tarot deck mess in just a few minutes. Uh, first of all, how are you today? I am doing well. I am uh, just looking out the window at the snow and hoping that my daughter's school doesn't call and tell me to come pick her up in the middle of, of uh, our conversation. But I am doing well. Well, if that all happens, then you let me know and, and just, you know. <laughs> the kids come first so tell me a little bit about you when uh, how did you get into your witchy persona how did you come to witchcraft sure um so i i was uh reflecting on this um before our interview and i believe the first time i ever got interested in witchcraft or anything witch related um, was because of a fantasy novel that I read in middle school. Um, and I, I didn't know about uh, Wicca at the time, but looking back, it was um, seeped in uh, Wiccan practices. So it was really fiction um, was the pathway. So look out because books will change your life forever. Um, but that was my first window into any kind of path outside of Christianity and Judaism. It was one of the first books that I ever read that was explicitly feminist. 
Um, and so I remember after I read this book, I would make little spells in my bedroom. Like I would, you know, sneak up uh, a candle or like cups of water and I would just make up my own rituals or spells. I uh, called, I called myself a priestess in my head and, you know, tell anyone else about that. But um, that's kind of how I was thinking of myself as I was creating these little spells in my bedroom. Um, and I think I was just, I wasn't sure if it was real or if I was playing, but it didn't, it didn't matter because as a kid, that's, that is how you learn. You play, you act. Um, and I think I lost, uh, I lost my connection to witchcraft for a lot of years. Um, after that first experience, um, I think I had some, some friends over and they saw all my fantasy novels and, you know, I said that I was doing spells and they said, well, that's weird. That's creepy. (laughs) So, um, and I think your, your teen years and your tween years, it can be so difficult and fitting in can feel so important, or at least to me it did. And so I really shoved that piece of myself mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. Um, and sort of stopped pursuing that. But despite that mythology and folklore and fiction um, books, they, they've always been what I consider my sacred texts. I was really influenced in high school by Joseph Campbell's work, um, looking at you know cross-cultural uh, myths and folklore that tell us what it means to be a human being, that gives us uh, a pathway or a guide to how to live a good a good life. Um, so then I came back to witchcraft actually uh, after even after my daughter was born. I had some friends visiting mm-hmm. and uh, my one of my friends mentioned sort of hesitantly, she's like, I'm I'm into witchy stuff. I'm I'm a bit of a witch. And I just blurted out, I didn't I was just like, me too. <laughs> and I and then I'm I don't even know where that came from. Like, am I? Um but I, ever since then, I was like, yes, I am a witch. And so then I started practicing openly and it all just came back because um, I, I, I believe it's my natural state. Beautiful. That is a wonderful story. And it's so funny because don't we all ended up scaring our, our peers when we were kids? I remember... Um, my psychic abilities have always been so strong. And I remember uh, going to college in Mexico, you know, I mean, I wasn't a child per se, but you know, late teens and telling my friend, you know, there's going to be an earthquake and it's going to be scary and it's going to happen this day. And then he asked me, you know, the day, the time when we were going to be, I didn't know at the time that he was just doing a download because he was asking me and I was just answering questions. And when the earthquake actually happened, he blurted out at me, uh, curse words, curse words, you witch, curse words, curse words, 
get out of my life. And he was my best friend. So I love my best friend because of that. Oh. But it is scary for people that don't have disabilities, you know, and uh, that's why it's important that we have people like you, you know, introducing children and people to like, this is normal. You know, what we call the supernatural is actually super natural, <laughs> you know, not supernatural. But anyway, so that is a beautiful story about you coming back to your natural state. I love how you uh, word it. Um, where does the writing come from? The writing um, really came back around the same time. Um, I think that with, uh, with having my daughter, I think you know, being uh, pregnant and going through that real physical change changed me a lot inside too and uh forced me to face my inner child that had really been um uh yeah really really been suppressed and oppressed uh for so many years and as I embraced her and healed that piece of myself that I had tried to cut off my voice as a as a writer um also felt like it needed to come out uh so it was a, a bit of of luck um I my background is in education uh so I worked as a classroom teacher for several years I worked as a district administrator I worked in pol the policy and research end of education and I put my husband through grad school once he graduated he was able to get a job that made more than either of us had been uh, making at the time but it was you know like a hundred hundred hour plus work week so I quit my job to stay home and take care of our daughter um, but I, I did have like three or four hours you know, every, every couple of days to work on the writing. So I do want to say it's a, it's a privilege to have that space and that time in order to create. And, um, but I, I tried to, to take advantage of that, um, opportunity that, that arose to have some, some space to be creative. And it was, it was always going to be children's books for me I think they're so formative they teach us how to live uh, they create who we are as people and there were some gaps in my daughter's bookshelf that I wanted to fill in um, there are if, you know if you go to your local bookstore they're going to be Christian books and Jewish books and Muslim books uh but not books that for children that are based around earth-based spiritual practices. So that was, that was really important to me. And I think children's books are one of the most powerful tools for liberation mm -hmm. that we have. I've been thinking about this a lot recently with all the book bans mm -hmm. going on in the United States. And there is a reason that right-wing yeah. extremists are coming down hardest on children's books. Yep. 
because they are so powerful in building empathy for people who don't look like you Mm -hmm. or normalizing different ways of life and for letting children's imaginations grow large enough that they can imagine a world beyond what we have or a society that is more free, more fair than the one that they have been given. Uh, And so I'm just honored to, to have a chance to be a part of that. And, and such a beautiful way to utilize your talents and your abilities, because you also do the illustrations, right? On the books. I I do. That is so fantastic. As a person who is just learning and I say just learning because I you know I used to uh draw when I was a child but I was always told you're not talented you know there are or there are other artists in the family blah blah so I kind of let it go for a long while and now it's been a few years that I I'm kind of like dabbing back into so now that I'm doing more art I can appreciate so much more uh, the artistry on people who create such as yourself right that is like a natural talent that has been nurtured that has been uh, practiced and the illustrations on the book are just wonderful and the other thing uh, Sarah I think back in the 90s and 2000s people were talking about oh let's not indoctrinate our children into Wicca let's not indoctrinate our children into paganism but they are being indoctrinated into other religions so why wouldn't we write books you know so i i'm glad that you tap into that very important aspect of the gap on the bookshelves and um the need for nature-based religions books for children so so tell us about the tarot deck mess that's that is I was privileged enough, thank you, Sarah, to see a copy of the book. It is just beautiful. It's so beautiful uh, for for kids to understand tarot. So where did the tarot deck mess idea came from? So the tarot deck mess, the idea of that book actually came from my daughter, um, who was always sneaking into my office, uh, my altar and, you know, taking, taking my tarot deck down and spreading it out around the floor and, uh, asking, you know, what's this, what's this, maybe trying to sneak one of the cards away into her own bedroom. And I'm, you need your own deck, honey. Um, so yeah, trying to find a way to include her in my tarot practice. And as a former English teacher, I also started thinking about what benefit um, Tarot can have in her life. So there's like a little bookended story in the book where a little girl named Rowena, the name Rowena was my mother's middle name. So I wanted to honor her with the, the name. Uh, goes into her mother's altar and is trying to peek at the tarot deck and she trips and falls and all the cards spill all over the floor 
Um, and so then the the mother walks in and is like, okay, let's help clean clean up this little mess that we've made. And as they clean the cards, as they pick up the cards, they go through the fool's journey of the major arcana. That is such a beautiful thing. Uh, I forgot to ask you, how did you get into tarot particularly? Tarot, um, it was actually on the, the same visit with the friend where I blurted out, I'm a witch too. Uh, they said, you know, let's let's go get you a tarot deck then. Uh, so we went to our local witch store together and I found a tarot deck that uh, called to me. I think I picked up Rider Waite Smith a little bit later. And it was it was fairly quick for me to get the hang of it. I wouldn't presume to say I'm an expert in anything. Um, and I think that I will continue to learn about tarot forever as long as I'm mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. um, but as an intuitive person, and also as, as someone who was an English major and just reads a lot, it was easy for me to read to read archetypes and to read symbolism. Um, so I was I was able to to find the rhythm in it fairly quickly. But actually, the poems each of each of the cards each of the major arcana cards that I go through in the book has a little poem mm -hmm. and a little affirmation, and that is based on what I did to remind myself what each of the cards means um so that when I find that rhyming mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people do keywords to to help them uh with their readings but I like little rhymes because they can stick in my head better and um help me access information a little bit easier and, you know, when you were talking about uh, children's books being so formative and so important for the new generations and as scared as I can be of children, uh, they need to be formed in a way that at least diversity enters their life. Um, and rhyming helps children remember things, you know, because they can sing along and they can you know, find their own tune or whatever. Um, but it's also a great tool to learn for adults. If we have forgotten that the first things that we learned, they were all rhyme, they were all sing. I mean, when you were doing your uh, number multiplications, right? Uh, teachers will do a little sing along, right? And uh, two plus one is two, mm -hmm. two plus two is four. <laughs> excuse me I shouldn't be singing so I think it's a wonderful idea to put it on a rhyme um, and, and to remember and you are correct a lot of people use keywords but we we forget we tend to forget that a lot of tarot is remembering the card right so it's about memorizing it's about learning the minutes and then memorizing but also integrating the car within yourself you know when i i, I do teach uh sarah i do teach tarot uh by the way i teach private lessons people hire me um but 
when I teach my students, you know, yes, we do keywords, but we also go into, which is part of your book as well, tell your own story while you see what elements are on the cards. And I always tell my students, you know, if you forget the keywords or the meaning, start describing the card. Mm -hmm. And when you start describing the card, it just comes naturally to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how hard or how difficult was it to come up with all the rhymes? Were these rhymes that you used before? They were not not in not in this form. I really had to work on on getting the the rhythm absolutely right. And uh, each card was sort of a a fun puzzle to to figure out. So I would you know, take whatever card I was working on that day. And I would write down every word that I could possibly associate with it. And then, you know, I go through each of those words and I'm like, well, what, what rhymes can we have here? What other words would sound right? And uh, just tried my best to distill a really complicated uh, image into just a couple of sentences or no, it's, it's usually one or two sentences and an affirmation. Um, so it was, it was a puzzle. It was analytical work. And I, I love what you say about integrating the cards as well. It's a combination of remembering and integration. And I really hope that when people read this book, they're having a, a conversation with themselves, asking what, what resonates here um, what does not resonate, what, you know, other interpretations they found that resonate more and having a conversation with their, their kids about, you know, what is, what does this card remind you of? What do these words remind you of? Have you ever felt this way? I think it's, uh, I remember I have a grandson by love. He is 15 now, but he was probably seven or eight. And I remember showing him the cards and, you know, what, what do you see? What do you think is happening here? And he will come and visit and he will say, oh, Lita is playing cards with her friends. <laughs> Not to him, it was like, uh, I was just playing. But children have, because of the vivid imagination, that is knocked off violently out of us as adults, you know? Even our psychic abilities, people that see energy on any which way or form, uh, that is really a bead off of us as we grow. You know, oh, don't think about that. That is not real. That is not truth. So I think it's really important that, um, and not only for, for children. I mean, obviously for children, the book is really important. The affirmations, I love them. I, I love the rhymes. Um but also for adults, for the parents, even if they are not familiar with the tarot, I think even adults will be like, oh, this is a very good and easy way to remember the cards, you know, and especially the major, because the major is the hardest one to remember and to learn. Yeah, I love, I love what you said about how your imagination is violently beat beaten off of you and it just makes me think of that that's why tarot is the fool's journey mm -hmm. because 
the fool is really the wisest one of all because they have nothing to unlearn exactly. and their vision hasn't been clouded over with uh, other people's ideas and peeping, people telling you what to think or what's silly, what's not real. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they say that, um, and this is now we're going into like a very like mystical uh, realm, but they say children remember their past lives. If you believe that we have past lives and also that they see all kinds of spirits and entities and that is literally bitten off of us as in don't say that don't do that or like when a children is uh escalating the refrigerator if you don't tell them you're gonna fall they won't fall they just they will keep climbing um but it's not until we put the fear on them Ooh. that they oh uh, and i'm not advocating for children <laughs> but you know it is uh it is true. It, it, it's not until we are told that we cannot do something that we realize having a limitation. And then, like you say, we have to unlearn. Those. Mm. Uh, it's definitely a, a key to access our inner child and to go back into into the full. So tell me what came first, the illustration or the rhymes? They came... Ooh. No, the illustrations came first. I was about to say that they came at the same time. Um, keywords and images came as I, I would take, you know, maybe like a week to do the draft for each card, just even like sketches and keywords. But um, I initially didn't plan to illustrate this. And, but the images came through so clearly of exactly what I wanted this to look like that um, I had to just take, I took some, some extra art classes and worked with my publisher to get my illustration uh, up to par because I, I really, I didn't want to let, I didn't want to let the visuals go. I had, I had something to say visually, so. That is so wonderful. And for those who don't have the book yet, sorry, <laughs> you need to go get it. But the illustrations are so darling. And I see, I see what you did there. I see how you represent it so respectfully, every which way of existing. I'm particularly fond of one illustration, but I don't I don't know if you wanna if you wanna comment on that, then you will. Um, but I love that every shape, every size, every form, every age is represented. I do love the devil. I do love the tower. I think you did a great job uh, doing this for kids. So if you want to go a little bit in depth into those illustrations, you will. And I don't want to give up more of the book than than you um, than you will want to. But but tell us a little bit about those, if you will. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm so I'm so I thought you were going to say something else, but I'm so glad that you connected with some of the quote scarier 
cards because that was uh that's the question that I get a lot is how do you do the scary cards with your kids um and I I did try to keep the more positive aspects of even the again quote scary cards um for the devil I have a, a kid in sort of this oversized tuxedo and magician's hat and he's standing in front of two doors and his arms are extended holding you out two keys to choose from and one door has a that's sort of a they they both have this sort of like green man like face coming out of the door one has their eyes open and one has their eyes shut and to me the the piece of the the devil that I want kids to take away is that the aspect of the devil that's about false choices mm-hmm. and that and is asking you to sort of step outside of the framework that you are given. I think it was um, uh, safety or freedom. The devil asks you, but those aren't the choices you're limited to. See that memorization? With the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I always wonder if the devil isn't the one who's actually trapping you, but is the one who's showing the, you your own chains. Mm-hmm. and they're asking you to see an uncomfortable truth and you know do you want to walk through the door where it's easier and you keep your eyes shut to whatever you don't want to see or do you want to go through the door where you have to wake up and it's going to cause some uncomfortable pain and self-reckoning and you know, difficult, uh, painful growth. Yeah. Um, so I think in the, in the devil's most positive aspects, that's, that's what you're getting. And then after, after, after the devil, I have the tower card showing a little boy playing on the beach and he's building this beautiful sand castle, but in the background, you see a storm is coming and, uh, lightning and, it's it's a sandcastle it's impermanent the waves are going to come and knock it down but you can tell from his expression that he really wants to keep his castle yep solid and so for that card I wanted to represent the the pain that comes after the devil once you see your your chains and you see these structures that you're a part of that that's painful to have to see that it's easier to go along and get along and um so anyway those those structures they're 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 not the end all be all they're not forever they are impermanent but seeing that can be yeah I love I love the devil because uh when I teach because I I I was gonna say obviously but it's not obvious for everybody I teach with the right of Smith and you can see how the devil in the right away smith uh the people have chains around the, their necks but they're not tied and i always tell my students you could pull the chain over your head and just liberate yourself but um it's about making 
those choices and you are not going to believe me, Sarah, but I use that, that very phrase that you put as an affirmation. I teach my students and I say, what is holding you back? Why or who? How do you sell your soul to the devil? What is holding you back? So when I, I mean, and it has to do with tarot, right? Because the energy of the tarot is there. But when I was reading through your book, I'm like, oh my God, this is like so, so many phrases that are commonplace, but are not necessarily, we're not telling the exact same story, but it is the same story, you mm -hmm. know? And then obviously I am very fond of the card of the star, but you're going to have to buy the book to find out why. And that's all I'm saying, <laughs> you know? And even if you don't have kids, believe me, you want to buy this book for you to learn the tarot, for you to get introduced to it. Or if you're an expert, this, this is a great collector's item. Um, but I think you did a wonderful job with all the illustrations and all the, um, not that you're seeking validation from me or anything, but I'm just saying, this is my opinion. Uh, this book is really, really good. Uh, I also love how conscientious you were about the disclaimer that you wrote. And I don't know if you want to talk about the disclaimer or not, but if you do, please. Yeah, sure. Let me, I have my, um, the, the books are, are still at the moment of recording being printed. So yes. I have my, my little. Oh, look at that. That is beautiful. I'll be here. For those um, that you can, are not so good as looking through. Oh, sorry. Sound, it's okay. <laughs> First uh, podcast. Sarah, Sarah was showing me her uh blueprint i guess of the book uh, yeah it, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a cover on it yet <laughs> but they just they sent me a sample that is beautiful um, correct the copy of the of the book so uh, so it says please take what is helpful critique what offends we're learning together as readers and friends um so I, I introduce a key theme for each major arcana archetype. If any of the messages inside don't resonate with you, you can skip, revise, or use that card to start a discussion. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to include that note because I wanted this this book and, and a child's first experience with tarot to feel non-hierarchical because I believe everybody is bringing something into the their reading with the cards into their experience with the cards and just because an expert reads it one way doesn't mean that it's gonna read the same for you yeah and it's not the only way as we were saying earlier right um I have always tell my students, you're going to read like me for the first couple of readings or a couple of months, and then you will develop your own phrases, your own catchphrases, your own stories, your own rhythm. Um, and then you will add of your personal experience and your personal knowledge to that card. So I think it's a beautiful gateway for children to to be introduced to these archetypes, to, to be introduced to magic, 
to be introduced to, yes, we do have psychic abilities. No, it's not just the gifted. Everybody has them. I always say, Sarah, that they are like uh, your voice that we all can talk unless you are unfortunately born without the ability to speak. Uh, we can all talk. We can all sing. There's only one Freddie Mercury. There's only one Adele. You know, they have like a natural talent, but we all can carry a tune, if you will. Um, what is anything that I haven't asked you about this process and this wonderful book? that you think it's important that we put in this podcast? Let me see. Other than where people can find the book, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just that, uh, I guess I wanted to circle back to I think what you said about like the school of thought of, um, you know, we don't want to indoctrinate our kids into certain practices. And I think that what I tried to, to do is just give access. And I hope that there's nothing um, in the children's book that feels uh, forceful or um, like too, too preachy. Um, I, I do try to expose my daughter to a wide variety of books and uh, books that have main characters that don't look like her, books about other religions, um, to make sure that, that she's able to see herself in books, such as the tarot deck mess, but also value other people's stories um people from from different backgrounds uh and so i think i hope that even people who do not practice earth-based spirituality will grab this for their kids uh, as a way to just you know, name that this this exists and that this is okay and witchcraft is normal yeah, uh, it's it's not anything scary. Um, and even tarot is not exclusive to witchcraft, obviously. Correct. Uh, but I think it's a, a wonderful way. Because it's the, it's the hero's journey. And mm -hmm. everybody should learn about the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have a great, great example with uh, Tolkien and uh, George Lucas and all these wonderful productions that are the hero's journey but that is a little too dense for children and this tarot book in my opinion it's a very it's, it's for kids so it's a way to understand the hero's journey from a children's perspective and you don't have to be a witch and you don't have to be a pagan and you don't have to be a wiccan to allow your children to see mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. opinion right yeah uh, of course and, i'm not going to tell any parent how to parent right uh, right of course but and i don't think you have to be a child because as we were saying before one of at least one of my goals in my spiritual practice is to get back to the fool get yes. back to the child's mindset where i can see the whole world 
for the wondrous magical place that it is yes it is beautiful so this book is from uh obviously sarah beck uh through mundos press and it will be available shortly hopefully in a couple months do you think Yes. Um, so the tarot deck mess is coming out in June and you'll be able to find that on moondustpress.com. And we actually also developed a companion major arcana deck uh, and a coloring book. Um, so you can color, color the cards. Um, there's a few, you know, activities and spread ideas in there. And you can have a little, it's just the major arcana for right now, um, but you can have a little deck and pull pull some cards along with the book. I didn't know about the coloring book. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so um, it was a little bit last minute. So our original plan was we would just have the hardcover book and sell that. But uh, when my publisher, Andy at Moondust Press, started posting about the book on TikTok and Instagram, the most common response was, is there a deck? Is there a matching deck to go with this? So, you know, of course, uh, Andy texts me and she's like, do you see what people are saying? Can you make a deck? Is this possible? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so we had a very intense two weeks of just making adjustments to the art and the design. And there is now a deck. Uh, I think I think Andy was also the one who suggested the coloring book. And, you know, when when I get an opportunity, I just I kind of just dropped everything and uh, put it out there. And we pulled uh, on my Instagram. It's uh, nine of wands with I didn't develop this name very well, but it's nine underscore of underscore wands. I have a lot of resources for parents or caregivers who want to help their children learn tarot. And so we expanded on some of those posts and we added those into the coloring book. Um, so if you like to color, you can you can grab one of those as well. That is so awesome. And it will be a great opportunity also for um, parents and kids to get together. And I don't want to sound like that person, but I guess I'm on that age. Yeah, you get the kids off the social media for a minute and have them coloring. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, thank you, Sarah. It has been such a wonderful journey. See what I did there? It has been such a wonderful journey to to have you on the show um i cannot let you go without telling people yes i'm very proud sarah shared with me earlier this is her first interview and i am very honored and proud to have been your first host and to many 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 returns to many many books and to many many interviews where you are treated with love and respect and kindness and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. All I have left to say is I give you the microphones so you can say goodbye to your audience. Right. Well, Laura, thank you so much from the bottom of my, of my heart for, for having me on today. Thank you for your warmth 
and the gift of your time and the gift of this conversation. And my my hope is that um, your listeners will leave the podcast excited to either share their tarot practice with their kids, or if you don't have kids in your life, to work on your own tarot practice with a child's mindset and explore explore the archetypes with the child's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely recommend this book for adults as well, especially if you've never learned the tarot. This is a wonderful book for you to be to be introduced to the major arcana. And she also talks a little bit about, about what a tarot deck is and how it works and all that. So uh, thank you, everybody who listened. And just a little reminder to join us on the CSMP, the Circle Century Network podcast. We have shows throughout the whole month. Uh, on the third Wednesdays, we have Circle of Nature with Selena Fox. On the third Friday, we have Blue Marble with Charlotte Bear. Every Saturday, we have shows on Spanish and Portuguese, Paganos del Mundo, with Christine Ortiz, Harwit Tuileva, Petrusha Finkler in Portuguese, um, Carolina Mor, Monica Govin, and yours truly, Laura Gonzalez in Spanish. And of course, we have twice a month, Lunatic Mondays on the second and fourth Monday of the month. And there is a new show coming up. So stay tuned. We're going to have a new show coming up soon to the station. And remember that there are over 900 hours of podcasts available for you to listen, to download, to share, to keep on your archives, et cetera, et cetera, to learn. To learn, I mean, to learn directly from Selena Fox on a podcast. Hello. Uh, but anyway, thank you everybody for listening. And to every single one of you, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye.